continuing uh, Treasure of the Transformed Life that we're uh, going to be in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off the bed of clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And he came to Simon Peter, he said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Amen to that. That's kind of Jesus in a nutshell. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands, my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. This is the word of God for all of you. Thank you. So do you want to be great at anything? I think, I think most of us want to be really good at something, right? And we want to achieve, we want to be recognized for, for, for our accomplishments. We gain some level of recognition. We want to be good at, at something. And the good news this morning is that we're going to talk about something that everyone in here can be great at. You can be great at serving. You don't have to be mediocre. You don't have to half-hearted. You can be great, great at serving. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. And he was right. Anybody can serve. We can all serve in various ways and in different ways. Uh, places. But it's not that serving is without risk, because serving has risk involved, right? If you're going to, in fact, to serve is to risk, because you're putting yourself out there. You're, you're reaching out to people, and they may decide that they don't want your hand. They may reject you for trying to serve them. It may be that we don't receive any recognition at all for what we're trying to do. But that's not really what service is about, is it? about doing the next right thing. What's the next right thing? If you ever wonder what to do next, is what's the next right thing in my life that I need to do? Now, John M. Matheson, who wrote the series that the book for the series that we're doing, makes the point that when a church has every member serving together, there's little desire to complain or to gossip or to be divisive. In other words, you can't row the boat and rock the boat at the same time, is his philosophy. If you're rowing the boat together, then you're not trying to rock it. And it's only when the whole congregation rows together that the church actually gets somewhere. 
Imagine if I'm on one side rowing, David's on the other side rowing, and we're rowing different directions. Yeah, you're going to go in a circle, aren't you? You ever been in a church and just gone in a circle? I saw this thing on, on Facebook. It, it was a political thing. I'm not going to get into politics. There's plenty of that going on in the world. But it was a picture of a bird, and it talked about the right wing and the left wing belong to the same bird. Think about that. So if this wing is trying to fly that way, and this wing is trying to fly, fly that way, what happens to the bird? But when we come together and we do row together, when that happens, everybody's being blessed. Everybody in the congregation, every, not just the inside, but outside the congregation gets blessed. So if you can do a little, do a little. If you can do a lot, do a lot. Follow the prompting of God. Sidney Smith made the comment, it is the greatest of all mistakes to do nothing because you can only do a little. Do something. Do something. And that's the deal in the church. Don't have to be up here and you know reaching a million people. Don't have to be Billy Graham on a crusade. Don't have to be Mother Teresa traveling the world. You can be Samson Cole playing the piano every week, lifting us up. I don't know if you know this, but, but Sam is. Uh, he works like the operatories, and because we do a plan, and, and Sam looks for music to find and to play that fit with what we're trying to do on any given Sunday morning. See, this isn't just a show up on Sunday morning kind of gig for singing. It's part of his heart and what he is as a minister, as, as a minister to the Lord. And we have that going on in lots of places in here, where folks are doing little things that we don't recognize. God knows. God knows. Ephesians 4, 15 to 16, the whole body is fitted together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This is a consistent message in the, in the New Testament about the body of Christ and, and that the, we are a body, we are united as one, we are one body. It's trying to make the point that we are each just as important as the other. There, there is no one more important than, than another. And when some of us are missing or when some of us lead, it hurts us all because now there's something missing out of the body of Christ. Here at Bold Springs. And when someone is gifted in an area they choose not to serve, something is missing in the body of Christ here at Bold Springs. You're gifted and called. You hear this from me You're gifted and called in ministry and in mission inside and outside the walls of this church. And thankfully, we're all gifted and called in different ways. And that's why when we get this right, when we get together, when we come together and, and we and we work forward, it makes a big difference. A big difference. You matter to God. You matter to God. Ever been in the woods? Listen to the birds? The woods would be very silent if no birds sang except the ones that sang the best. You may not sing the best, but we need you. 
Albert Einstein is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, scientist of our era. And as he was in his lifetime, he had two pictures on the wall, one was Isaac Newton and the other was a gentleman named Maxwell. They're two great scientists, and those were kind of his idols. So he had, he had them, pictures of them on the wall, but towards the end of his life, it said that he took those pictures down. And he put Albert Schweitzer and uh, Mahatma Gandhi on the wall. Because they were great humanitarians. See, over the course of his life, he began to see that it's service that makes a difference, not science. Science is important. I'm not an anti-scientist. But service is impactful. And he recognized that. And that played out in the pictures that he had on his wall. And in how he saw life. And we have lots of opportunities. We have lots of opportunities. I like music. Did y'all know that? <laughs> yeah. Like to play guitar. Like to sing. I like to use my gifts as best I can. Some days that's better than other days. <laughs> but I love music. And each of you is gifted in an area and you have something that you love. What is it? He says the area that you give to the thing that you love and you use it for the glory of God. What is that going to be? What if your search was for that? Okay, God, where is it that you, you know, I love this thing. How, how can you use that to reach out, to reach into this world? Make it easier. Because he will. He will. Do what you love. And don't be afraid. They break he had a great quote about that. He's a baseball player. <laughs> I just take and see if you're awake. <laughs> Don't let the fear strike me out in your way. That's favorite. What's a good average in Major League Baseball? 300 is a exceptional, isn't it? Which is what? 3 out of 10. Fail seven times, and you get a multi-million dollar time. <laughs> Dang, I wish life was like that. Don't be afraid. Let's strike it out. In order to make a difference, we have to be willing to take a risk. In order to do that, we're going to make mistakes. As an individual and as a church, we're going to, we're going to make mistakes. And, and the key is not to get bound up in a mistake, but to learn from it and continue because we're going to continue to row together to the destination of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're gifted in, in different ways. What is it that you're gifted in? What is it that God wants to use you for? Grab hold of that. Look at that. Think about that. Where is it that I need to serve? The sheet that you've got, that's to pray over. There are characteristics, I'm a sports guy too, there are characteristics of winning teams. Winning teams wear their uniform proudly. They're proud of who they are. And as Christians, we too often are apologetic about who we are. Who's, you know who my Savior is? You know who my Lord is in my Jesus Christ, the Lord of my life. Saved me. Loved me. How many people know that about you? 
I mean, no. Yeah. For many, it's almost everybody in our life that knows about it. But sometimes we hide a little bit. <coughs> Don't want to ruffle somebody's feathers. Maybe we can give ourselves permission to ruffle a few feathers along the way and let them crack and let it push them. Where or who you are proudly. We don't boast in ourselves, but we certainly boast in the Lord. Be who you are. Winning teams work together. They work together. They have that common goal. And then they come together. They hold each other accountable. They work hard. They show up. Most they left. They say, you know what? Every winning team I have had a coach. They had somebody who was helping them. We call that discipleship and mentoring. We are supposed to be discipled by somebody and we are supposed to be discipling somebody else. That's part of what it means to be a Christian. And when we do that, when we have coaching, when we are focused and we're together and we're holding one another accountable and we're moving forward to the goal and we show up because we're dependable, we put ourselves in a place where we can win. I like to win. I like to win. I've learned that it's not the only, I don't, I'm not Lombardi anymore. You know, it's not the only thing. But I like to win more than I like to lose. And when we can, we can come together as a body of Christ and really impact our own worlds and the worlds around us. But we have to take responsibility. There's a group of people and they were talking about, you know, their, their churches and what church is doing well, and, and I guess their criteria was how many pastors on staff, how many ministers on staff did they have. So one of those guys was from John and Matthew, he was Prayer pray Memorial in Alabama. And so what he, he was there along with three other guys and one said, Well, we've got two ministers on staff, so we're doing pretty good. And then another guy said, Well, we got three. We got three ministers on staff. We're doing better than you. <laughs> I ain't nothing. We got four ministers on staff. And then the guy from John Ed's church, when they asked him, he said, Well, I think we've got a little over 7,000 ministers. You see, the mantra at Fraser Memorial is every member of minister. Every member of minister. And he's right. Do you know that you're a minister? That you minister to people and you are in ministry in your name and name? The church is, is in this weird place, I, I'm hoping, of moving away from the concept that the congregation receives ministry and the staff does ministry. Because that's not anywhere in the Bible. We are in ministry. I am one of you. We are in ministry together. Not for someone to consume. A friend of mine, he put it this way, but talking about the, some of the contemporary churches and some of the struggles they're going through. He said, well, if you treat them like consumers, why are you surprised that they act like consumers? You know, they come in and there's a nice show going on up front. There's, you know, they got all this stuff and they got smoke and, you know, this great performance thing going on. And, and 
if you treat them like consumers and you're shocked that now they, they, that they come in and they sip their coffee and they go home and play. We are together. We are in the same boat. Hopefully rowing the same way. Every member of ministry. Every member of ministry. I love that. In our passage, Jesus makes a pretty phenomenal point. Think about this. Sometimes, you know, I don't know how many times I've read this story, right? It said, it said I can breathe through things, but sometimes it's important to kind of go, okay, hang on, let me hang, hang with this for a minute. Who is Jesus? He's the leader, right? Not only is he the leader, he's the rabbi, the teacher for this group of men. Not only is he the leader and the rabbi for this group of men, he's God in human flesh. And what does he do? He takes off set the example for us. If God in human flesh is willing to humble himself and serve, then maybe it's something that we can do as well. See, this is our model for serving. It's not that complicated. He washed, and he did a lot of things, but he did the next right thing. He wanted them to know that to serve one another was critical. And it wasn't going to be how the rabbis of his time thought. It wasn't going to be like the leaders of his time thought. It was going to be completely different. He was going to turn it upside down. If you want to be a leader, then you better serve. That's how to do it. That's my way, is what he was saying. And that's what we're called to. It's our model. It's our calling. Rachel Memorial actually has it completely correct. Every member of minister, every member of Gold Springs is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're a minister. You can reject that if you want, but then make it any less true. Peter had something to say about that. He said this in 1 Peter. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Once we have received these great blessings, sharing them in service comes really naturally. 
If we're willing to do that, it can be transformative. And we may start serving out of obedience because Jesus said that that was what we were supposed to do, and that's that's Jesus said that's what we're supposed to do. There's nothing wrong with serving out of obedience. Obedience is a good thing. But I guarantee you that it, regardless of what it starts as obedience, if you get involved in service, it will touch your heart and it will touch the hearts of others. And you will begin to serve because it's the right thing to do and it moves your soul. But you got to be willing to do something.
appreciate that you got it. Spend some time praying over that. God's got a calling in your life. You have a passion in your heart. Connect those things. You'll see on the back of that seed is a blank spot. See, we may not currently have the thing that you must say that you're calling to. You may get to start something. Now be okay. Got to do something.